Blog Talk Radio. I'm Dylan Hart Jr. I love that Darlington Raceway's Throwback Weekend gives us an opportunity to honor our sports history. The celebration at the track Too Tough to Tame connects NASCAR's past, present, and future. Here is Harry Gant about to win. The Southern 500, Martin Truex Jr. is doing that tonight at Darlington. Join me in celebrating Darlington Raceway's Throwback Weekend on September 2nd and 3rd. Purchase your tickets now by calling 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com. Live from Talladega, you're in the pit stop with Tenda Spain and Stephen Wilson on the Speedway Digest Radio Network, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher Radio, and your Apple Podcast. From just south of downtown Talladega Court Square, I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Mr. Stephen Wilson, just right outside of Richmond International. Richmond, how you doing tonight, bud? I'm not doing too bad up here. Uh, it's not as hot, and uh, I hope you guys are kind of staying away from whatever that tropical storm or whatever is there in the Gulf. Yeah, we didn't really get much much rain off of it, Stephen. You know, you brought you bring up a really good point. Well, our humidity's down. You know which how it is in the south. You could cut it with a knife sometimes, but it was actually comfortable. When I think I think when I left uh, left the house here to go to work, it was like sixty six degrees this morning. So it was it was really nice. But, uh, yeah, it's been like that up here. Um, this in the morning times too. It's been in the you know the very low sixties, and it's starting to get back that time of year again. That uh, starting to get some more comfortable weather out here instead of that uh, hundred, hundred and five, hundred and whatever degree with that heat index. Because I already had enough of that. You got that right, but it's sort of trying to feel like a little bit of football weather, correct? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. And I, I mean, you've been up here and you, you've seen some of the humidity that we get up here. So I mean, you, Ooh, and you I know get that down there too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're tired it, it of is. all that. It is. Well, all right, Stephen. <clears throat> Without further ado, let's bring our Reverend on from out there on the west coast. Our good Reverend, he's been loyal to us for going on uh, next month to be four years. Uh, we've been doing this little deal, and it's been a hell of a ride, bud. I really have enjoyed it. Let's. Bring, Let's bring Reverend Joe in the pit stop, Dennis Bain and Stephen Wilson. <laughs> Reverend, how you doing tonight, bud? I noticed you uh, you haven't been back to Seattle. You down there where you like that hot sun. Me and Stephen don't like the hot sun. Well, you know what's really crazy is the last three or four days, we've had humidity higher than ever. And then just about an hour ago, it started raining harder than I've ever seen it rain anywhere, and it hasn't let up. It's just coming down out there, thunder, lightning, and intense rain like you wouldn't believe. Miss Betty must have brought that from from up there in uh, Seattle, Reverend. 
She brought it That's back. That's exactly what my son just texted me. You <laughs> <laughs> blamed her too. <laughs> she, she has some choice words for him, but uh, yeah, it's coming down like you wouldn't believe. I'm looking out the window, and I can see a little hole in the front of my race trailer, and I'm hoping the rain isn't going in the wrong direction for that. But uh, it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe how hard it's raining out there. I just saw one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's garbage day, and a paper plate standing on its edge just rolled down my street at about 80. And kept right on going. Reverend Joe, something was going on out there with a plate standing up on the end and running down there, and you getting rain in California, and all this has never happened until right now. Nope. But see, <laughs> then again... <laughs> We 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 got to be careful who we blame, because she can beat me up, you know. So yes, sir. Have to be careful. <laughs> yes, sir. So what else is going on? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, just uh, going to talk about some breaking news here. Uh, I'm sure Stephen's got his plate full, and I got a few things too coming up at, at the bottom of the hour. We've got uh, NASCAR, the senior manager of racing. Operate racing communications at Daytona. Our good friend Matt Humphrey is going to come on. I'm I'm pretty sure we have a lot to ask him. But uh, great. Other well, than that, just let's, just to, let, let's get this thing going. And uh, later on when the show's over, give me a call, please. Yes, sir. Ten four. All right, Lord, we come before you and we thank you for all you do for us. We thank you for your protections in every way, in every part of our life. We ask you to keep everyone across the country safe from this crazy weather we're having back and forth, places that are warm or cold, places that are dry or wet, places that are wet or dry. It makes no sense, but you know what's happening and you're in charge. So please, watch over all of us. Keep all of our racers safe all over the country. Help us all to have another great race weekend coming up and be with us all. And we thank you for our soldiers all over the world and all over our country who protect us as best they can and for their families who have to do without them while they're doing for us. And we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to give us entry into heaven. So be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe. Thank you. 
Reverend Joe, as always, great invocation. Let everybody know if they can follow you on social media and your website. Yes, sir. Our website is ontrackwithjesus.org. Our uh, email address is ontrackwithjesus at AOL.com. They can follow me on Facebook at Rev Joe Bubico, and they can call me anytime at 951-232-7630. Reverend Joe, that sounds good. Thank you very much for finding I'll give you a holler here whenever we get done with the show, man. Okay, sorry I missed you guys last week. I just had total brain failure until 10 minutes after 4. That's okay, Reverend Joe. We all have it. I think I'm having one now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If we don't float away, we'll talk to you later. All right. I'll talk to you a little bit, Reverend Joe. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye. That's Reverend Joe there, Stephen. And Stephen, let me go ahead and get this out here on the table. Let's get this over with where we can uh, have a good show tonight. Uh, as I had mentioned to you earlier, uh, I'm dealing with a few health issues. Uh, tonight will be my last broadcast. Uh, I'm going to step away. And see if I can get everything fixed. I don't know how long it's going to take, but uh, you're welcome to run it or you can shut it down, just whatever you want to do. But it's been a hell of a run, bud, for next month will be four years. And uh, I want to thank you very much for hanging in there with me. Been Johnny on the spot. I've had a blast. I've, damn, I've enjoyed every damn minute of it, bud. Well, it's been fun. And uh, hopefully one day you'll return back, and at which point we'll welcome you back here and. You know, from this point on, we'll figure out what we're going to do. Um, you know, next week I will uh, – I won't run the show next week. We'll figure out what we'll do um, from that point on. But towards the end of the month, I will uh, make a decision on what the direction will be for Speedway Digest Radio. And uh, I will let everybody know through social media what that direction will be for Tuesday nights. Sounds good, Stephen. Now let's go ahead and talk some business. I know we got some breaking news coming out of NASCAR today. Actually, we've got a couple big things coming out, Stephen. But I think probably one of the one of the biggest ones. I'm sure you've been all over it. Uh, Kurt Busch's contract will not be renewed by Stuart Haas, Stuart Haas Racing. I did not see that one coming, Stephen. Yeah, you know, today it's been a back and forth, back and forth. You know, a couple different, you know, a couple different sites have really uh, have said that you know he's out. Stuart Haas Racing, uh, Stuart Haas Racing, did put out a tweet earlier today on social media as well as their vice president did respond to that, saying that you know at this point they're not responding and they don't respond to any rumors on contract. Uh, you know, contract communications at the contract uh, extensions or rumors or any kind of communications as that's concerned. Uh, the vice president of Stuart House Wrestling also did come out earlier today, and at what point he did notify, um, you know, uh, Sports Business Journal, and, you know, he made a statement to them where he says that he is hoping and expecting that Kurt Busch will be back in the number 41 car as well as Monster will be on board next year. So, you know, there's a little bit of confusion going back and forth as to, you know, is he out, is he in? But, you know, at the end of the day, at at midnight tonight, his option does expire to pick him up in 2018. So uh, I guess at some point, you know, 
he or others or somebody will let us know um, truly what's going to go on. And Steve, you know, I've had a lot of people on social media ask for this. They said, Tim, uh, silly season started early this time. And I said, no, it hadn't really started early. It normally starts around this time as this. I guess it sticks out to a lot of the – you know, to a lot of people on social media and everybody that follows the uh, sport, that there's a couple of big names involved. You know, you got two two former uh, Cup champions there. You got Matt Kenseth. You got uh, Kurt Busch. Uh, uh, you got Greg Biffle. That you know, Carl Edwards. Like you know, I mean, there's last year. There's so much stuff. So many big names. People that have, big name people that have stepped aside. And when Dale Jr. announced his retirement, he's going over to NBC. I mean. And we fish to get into a young crop of drivers, Stephen. I mean, it, there's some of these young guys are going to have to step up. But uh, the Toyota bunch, I think, you know, I listen to a lot of Sirius XM and Chocolate and all them. They always talk about, uh, well, I think Kevin Harvick mentioned it the other night on uh, his show Happy Hour there on Sirius XM. Uh, this, the Toyota bunch, they have got a, a, a big crop of young drivers just sitting in, just sitting back there in the back of the boat waiting to jump up to the bow and jump out there. A lot of these other teams uh, – you know, your four teams, your Chevrolet teams, but you've got uh, William Byron there waiting in the shadows for uh, Hendrick, uh, which, uh, you know, they uh, they put Alex Bowman in the 88 car. We all figured that that was coming. But just sort of talk a little bit about, Stephen, you know, the silly season, it's not really starting early, like I answered earlier, which people have asked me. It's just a lot of big-name drivers involved at this point in time. Yeah, I think it's just because it's just a really odd year in the fact that you've got Dale Jr., you know, getting away. And, I mean, it really – I guess really just, you know, what all really just kicked this thing off and what kind of makes this a really weird year is just a couple – just not even just been a couple of weeks before the season started, you know, Carl Edwards walked in and, you know, said, hey, I'm not coming back. They put Daniel Suarez, you know, and accelerated him into the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, you know, that kind of kicked a lot of things into gear. Um, the next thing we know, you know, William Byron is really starting to kick up a lot of dust and that. Casey Kane is really on that cusp about whether his option is going to be picked up in 2018. You know, he did finally win at Indianapolis. And uh, Dale Jr., you know, obviously saying, okay, I'm not coming back in 2018, so they're putting Alex Bowman in that car. Matt Kenseth, not, his option is uh, not picked up. So, you know, JGR, him going out, which, I mean, we knew that somebody over there wasn't going to be returning, and it was just a matter of really um, where those contracts were going to fall, fall at, and it was really just going to come down to most likely it was going to be him because at the end of the day, when Eric Jones came up into the the Monster Energy Series, uh, everybody knew that over at Furniture Row Racing it was only going to be for one year, and after that one year was up, he was going to come over there Joe Gibbs Racing, and well, Joe Gibbs Racing was going to have to place him somewhere. So with um, Carl Edwards out of the picture, and obviously not that seat for him, it was, you know, Hamlin and, you know, Kyle Busch, both of them, you know, Hamlin, you know, did extend his, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and I know I'm trying to go through this off quickly, but, you know, Hamlin did extend his contract, and then Kyle Busch, you know, has already been in a contract, you know, for a couple of years. Uh, You know, that really only left Kansas there, for him to just kind of be displaced to get Eric Jones to make sure that after that one year over at Furniture Row Racing that he got somewhere to go. Um, You know, and then, you know, there's some other, you know, workabouts that are going on. You've got Ryan Blaney that he's moving over to Penske for a third team over there. you got Paul Menard moving into the Wood Brothers, bringing his Menards 
sponsorship along with them. Uh, you know, so now it really there's a lot of things going on about where does Kansas go, and if Kurt Busch isn't picked up by tonight, tomorrow, or even the next couple of days, because really what it comes down to with Kurt Busch is that even if his option isn't picked up tonight, that doesn't truly mean, as you know, somebody else said, that it doesn't truly mean that you know Stuart Haas Racing is letting him go. They could technically just not pick up his option for 2018, but totally renegotiate his contract for for next year. Um, it would just mean that option is, you know, a pre-negotiated contract. They could just let that pre-negotiated contract expire at midnight tonight and start a brand-new contract negotiation tomorrow with them. Um, maybe it's more favorable terms that one or the other is looking for, and that's what they're trying to do. Maybe Monster has something else in mind for them, and that's what they're waiting on, and they just need these things and the legalities to kind of expire before they actually get into contract negotiations. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces into this that's really been going on. And, yeah, you know, I guess, you know, silly season is kind of, you know, a little weird this year with so many people in and out, especially big-name people as far as Kendis and Dale Jr. And Edwards obviously out very, very early this year. So I guess it really just makes it a really weird year. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. It's very weird. And just to, just to sort of toss this over at you, you know, Clint, Clint Boyer went uh, – he signed with a lower-tier team uh, with Harry Scott there. And uh, – he was a big name, you know. He wasn't. He wasn't happy. He wasn't competitive. Do you think we could see maybe a Kurt Busch, uh, Matt Kansas, sign with a lower tier team like a BK Racing or uh, uh, Front Row Motorsports? I mean, you know, something like that. Or do you think they would uh, rather not sign with a lower tier under budget team? Let's put it like that, under budget team, and they would maybe try to wait and see if something would come open in a well, big name car. I mean, you see, you've seen Kurt Busch do that before. I mean, he did that with Phoenix Racing, you know, there after he ran into some troubles in his career a couple of years ago. Uh, so I don't know if Kurt Busch is going to go back that route again just because, uh, you know, his career has started to restabilize. He won the Daytona 500 this year, so that kind of makes him more of a commodity to somebody. Matt Kenseth, on the other hand, he's over 40 years old. Kurt Busch turns 39 this week, so um, you know he is a Daytona 500 champion. He is in he is in the playoffs this year. So you know when you start looking at the two, uh, Kurt potentially has the option to bring Monster Energy along to somebody as a sponsor. Whereas Matt Kenseth at this point, uh, over 40 years old, he yeah he's a previous you know champion in the series, but you know he over the last couple of seasons while he's made it in every single year that he's been at Joe Gates Racing, um, this year has been kind of lackluster, to say the least, um, compared to his teammates. Uh, Would he fit in somewhere, I think, over in that number 77 for Furniture Row Racing? Absolutely, I think he would, because, you know, it's a JGR affiliate team. Uh, He would just blend right back into the fold because they get their engineering, their cars, their pit crews, everything right from JGR. It's just a matter of he's got to be able to. They've got to be able to him and Furniture Row. They've all got to be able to find the the um, uh, funding to run that second car over there. And as far as you know, Kurt Busch, I think he's going to be looking for somebody else. Um, and where that might be, um, it's really hard to tell because you know uh, when you look at uh, 
you know, maybe even Richard Childress because Richard Childress has now a third car available uh, with Paul Menard out. So does he go to Richard Childress in, in, in that third car, or does Ty Dillon go into that third car? I mean, there's a lot of puzzle parts right now that you know could potentially go into place. Um, and then also to throw this in, um, Richard Petty Motorsports is looking to bring back their second car potentially with Bubba Wallace in 2018. So you know, there's really a lot of puzzle pieces and a lot of chess pieces to move around that board um, until the end of this season or even in the next couple of weeks or months. And to add this to the roulette table, Stephen, Danica Patrick, it's not Rolling Stone. They're going to renew her contract yet, is it? No, that's a that's another one over there at Stuart Haas Racing, whether she comes back or not, because there's been rumors over the last some months, two months or so, that she potentially is out over there. Uh, at this point, she has very, very limited sponsorship options for 2018 in general. Um, very few of who she signed on this year, even at the last moment after Nature's Bakery bailed out on hers, were all signed last minute to make sure that she made it through the 2017 season. And these were all pretty much, you know, one one or two race deals. These are Some of these are being funded by Haas himself. And, um, you know, these are these are not long-term deals like, you know, the Nature Bakery deal was uh, for multiple races for multiple years. So her, her, her contract is really in doubt, too. Yeah, and Stephen, I want to ask you this question, too, <clears throat> sort of bouncing the basketball off the other wall. Uh, you brought up a good point again. Nature's Bakery and Danica Patrick with Stuart Haas Racing, you know, they had a big stink about that about that sponsorship. I think they got legal people involved and everything, and all of a sudden Nature Bakery shows up on Clint Boyer's car. I'm going to ask you, what went down on that deal? <laughs> yeah, you know, there was a lot of mudslinging <laughs> when, it came, when it came to that one. You know, each one of them are pointing fingers at one another where, you know, you know Stuart Haas Racing is saying that in 2016 – you know, they weren't paying what was due. They were still due money in 2017. Uh, for 2016, you know, uh, Nature's Bakery is saying that Danica Patrick was, uh, you know, marketing for other people and wasn't doing what she was doing for what she was supposed to be doing for her contract. So, you know, there were some lawsuits back and forth at the end of the day. It just came down to, you know, I, I guess they renegotiated this deal. And Clint Boyer picked up a couple race sponsorship for them, and she got only one sponsorship uh, race out of them, uh, out of this whole deal. And I guess this is a, you know how this all ended up. You know, um, they seem to have made amends to some degree, but you know for a while there it was a little touch and go, and there was a lot of mudslinging going on between you know some some lawyers and courts potentially and lawsuits and. Uh, social media and press releases going back and forth, but yeah, uh, you know that's <laughs> that's sometimes how it goes. And you know, we even saw some of that come out today with you know uh, with another team and uh, a driver. Yeah, and Stephen, whenever you brought up that Nature's Bakery there that deal there, I I had to get your thoughts on it. Real quick, Stephen, before we come up here on the bottom of the hour when we got our guests, come, let's take a little quick break. We'll be right back. Live from Talladega, Alabama, I'm Tim Stane alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson. Walking down the street, a hand of mine, it don't keep them other guys. 
And that one night looking at you But it's alright and that's okay Who could blame them anyway? You're so pretty and you ain't even got a clue I'm Dale Hart Jr. I love that Darlington Raceway's Throwback Weekend gives us an opportunity to honor our sport's history. The celebration at the track, Too Tough to Tame, connects NASCAR's past, present, and future. Here is Harry Gant about to win. The Southern 500, Martin Truex Jr. is doing that tonight at Darlington. Join me in celebrating Darlington Raceway's Throwback Weekend on September 2nd and 3rd. Purchase your tickets now by calling 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com. Welcome back to Dega Nation. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. Stephen Wilson, got our guest coming up here at the bottom of the hour in just a couple of minutes. And Stephen, I was trying to wait to really talk about this, but I guess we'll go ahead and talk about it till <clears throat> we get Matt to come on. Uh, NASCAR they uh, they uh, posted the or they made a statement that the 2018 National Series driver participation guidelines was announced earlier this afternoon, and uh, they've added they've added some more stuff to uh, to limit the uh, uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series drivers from coming down to the Xfinity Series and down to the Truck Series, because just like this past uh, weekend at Iowa Speedway, we had that standalone race out there, and uh, 
young and upcoming driver Ryan Priest, he drove his ass off. Hell, hell of a drive for Ryan. But NASCAR announced in the works, or you think it just come right out after Ryan Priest won that race here at Iowa? No, I think it's really been in the works because when you take a look over the last couple of weeks, I mean, uh, you know, there's been really just various statements out there from some of these drivers that are in these events. And, you know, one of them really just comes to mind and something I really wanted to bring up with Matt. But, you know, I'll say it now, but I'll kind of, bring, you know, question, you know, Matt on it at the same time. But, you know, Kyle Bush said that, you know, he's he's asking $225,000, $250,000 per race in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series just to put a driver in one of these truck races and put him out there on the track. And you know, or even for him to get into one of these races. So, you know, I think I think this is good in the aspect that, you know, when you're starting to ask that kind of money out there for either a Monster Energy Cup Series driver or, you know, even an up-and-coming driver out there that's trying to break into the National Series events, and they're trying to bridge that gap from the regional racing or the local racing out there into the national series. Um, you know, that that's huge amount of money that, you know, they're they're asking out there to to get into one of those rides. So, you know, this starts to further limit down and this, you know, starts to I believe in a cost saving move too at the same time. So you know, while, you know, some of these drivers do get to go out there, they still get to go out and race um, a select number of events. It also becomes this cost-saving move at the same time because, you know, when, when you're asking that kind of money sometimes, um, I think, you know, it's a little bit in the aspect of you're putting yourself in there as a Monster Energy NASCAR Series driver and you're marketing yourself as such. And then, you know, on the flip side of that is that if you're doing that for yourself, then you can start asking that down the line for the up-and-coming series um, drivers that are trying to get into that truck from the regional or local racing. Yeah, Stephen, you're exactly right. And I'll go ahead and add this in there. Let's come out of NASCAR today from Tom Bryant, NASCAR Integrated Marketing Communications. And just to sort of quote this off, sort of let our listeners know exactly what I was going on. Starting next season, drivers with more than five years of full-time experience in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series will be limited to a maximum of seven races in the NASCAR Xfinity Series and only five races in the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series. But this still goes back to when we go to Homestead next year, also this year for 2017, next year in 2018 also, there's no Cup drivers can drop down to the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series. I mean, or the Truck Series, correct, correct Steve? Right, and they, right, exactly. None in the playoffs and none at Homestead. Yeah, and you know that's you know, and I want to talk a little bit. I think uh, I think Suzanne's talking to Matt here. Matt, Matt's probably come on, but talk a little bit about Ryan Priest there. I mean, that young man. I hope he gets the opportunity, Stephen. That Ryan Priest is a race car driver, but he was in some good equipment also, Stephen. Yeah, he really was. I mean, he ran the 2016 season for JD Motorsports, and you know he walked away from it and went back running modified racing, and then he went up to New Hampshire just a couple of weeks ago. He won the modified race up there, finished second in the all-star modified race up there, and then went out there and ran the Xfinity Series race where he finished in top five up there. Um, he's in Joe Gibbs Racing Equipment. He went out and went to Iowa this week and just won out there. I mean, he, he has an opportunity now where he can shine in that series and potentially start looking at sponsors. He can start looking at a long-term deal where Joe Gibbs Racing or somebody else, because they're going to now be in a 
in an aspect where they've got drivers moving into the Monster Energy Cup Series rides will be on the cusp of in that five-year rule, as we were just discussing, that they're going to have to start looking for somebody else to start filling those rides. And if he's going to be able to start putting those kind of numbers together in that ride, he's definitely going to be a prospect that they're going to be to look at here in either next year or the year after if he if he continues this. Yeah, exactly, Stephen. I would definitely agree. Stephen, let's bring on our guest here at the bottom of the hour. We have NASCAR Senior Manager of Racing Communications at Daytona International, Mr. Matt Humphrey. Let's bring Matt in the pit stop. Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. <laughs> Matt, how you doing tonight? Oh, I lost Matt. I lost Matt. Some layout. Matt, you got me now? But yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I guess yeah. I think Suzanne accidentally drug you over, and she's gonna drag somebody. I apologize for that. <laughs> Not a problem. I hope you're doing well. It's good to hear your voice again. Thank you very much, Matt. Hope you and yours doing well too. You might have heard some of. Uh, Again, thank you. I don't know if you heard me. Thank you for taking time to come out to come on. Stephen and I, we we were talking a little bit about the statement that came out of NASCAR today from Tom Bryant. We got the uh, the uh, press release there. We were talking about NASCAR has made the decision to uh, next year in 2018. I'm going to quote this: uh, starting starting next season, it will be 2018. Drivers with more than five five years of full time experience in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series will be limited to a maximum of seven races in the NASCAR Xfinity Series and five races in the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series. And me and Stephen were talking about also, this year at Homestead, next year at Homestead, like it was, there's no cup drivers can go down to the Xfinity Series or the or the, or the Truck Series there at Homestead. That's going to be because they're going to race for the championships. Uh, you think this was a good move, Matt, uh, to limit the number of NASCAR drivers on down even further than what y'all have been doing? Well, I think, I think it's, I mean, I think this is a definitely a good step in the right direction. I mean, you know, fans reacted very positive, positively to the changes that were implemented this year. And you're seeing young stars like William Byron and Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, benefit from the increased attention that they've received as a result. I mean, look at Ryan Priest this past weekend at Iowa Speedway, uh, in a in a in when him Kyle Benjamin going head to head there for for the win at Iowa. I mean, it's just allowed it's allowed these these new younger stars to to really emerge and to come forward. So, yeah, there, there, there's a right balance. And I think, I think, uh, you know, just working with the industry, you know, NASCAR keeps on finding ways to help, to help, you know, find that right balance for, for both, you know, the industry and the fans. And I think, you know, ultimately the fans went out here. And Matt, uh, Steve and I were also talking earlier uh, about, uh, it seems like a lot of people on social media has been hitting me up. Tim, it seems like, Silly season is starting earlier. I said, no, it's not really starting earlier. I don't think. I think it's just there's so many big name drivers that are without rides right now. And you know, like Dale Jr. announcing his retirement, which he that was his chosen deal to do, and he signed a signed a deal there with NBC Sports. That's great for Dale Jr. But you know, your Greg Biffles, uh, Carl Edwards. Now you got Kurt Busch. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen to Danica. And we were talking earlier, just like you mentioned about Ryan Priest, Matt. There's a lot of these young kids. William Byron's uh, there's there's kids everywhere that have got the experience, but is there going to be enough room to put them? Matt? Well, I I think I think you're seeing I think you're seeing teams make room for these young stars coming up. 
up through the ranks. I mean, let's start with the with the '88 team and 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 with Alex Bowman taking over for Dale Earnhardt Jr. next year. Here's a guy, Alex Bowman, who came up through the ranks. You know, this guy's the the son of a body shop owner out of Tucson, Arizona. Really worked his way up uh, from the ground up in NASCAR, working. You know, took some took some lesser rides and really took his medicine uh, throughout the years, paying his dues. And then when he got a chance last year to fill in for Dale Jr., you saw how he performed. I mean, nearly won that race at Phoenix. Represented himself really well in the 88, and look where that's paid off for him. He's going into the 88 car next year. Then you see these guys coming up, uh, you know, Eric Jones going into the 20 car next year. Yeah, I mean, Eric Jones is a superstar in the sport uh, for, for many years to come. That, that kid is going to win a lot of races. You've seen Kyle Larson already. I mean, Kyle Larson being the seasoned vet now. Uh, but, in the, you know, he's still a youngster there in that 42 car, and he's going to win a ton of races. Chase Elliott, you know, has not won yet, but you know that those wins are just sure to come. But, I, you know, these, you know, we do not lack for for talent coming up, and I think you're seeing team owners, uh, you know, taking taking the chances on these young guys coming up, the young gals coming up, that, that you're going to start seeing more and more of these youngsters come into the series. And to me, I think it's a great thing because I think it is setting the table for a new golden age in our sport. And so it's really, really exciting to watch. And, and me, just personally as a fan, I'm, I'm excited to see how, how these drivers perform as they come up into the into the upper levels. Yeah, I would definitely agree, Matt. Me too. And my final question before I want to hand you over to the expert panelist, Stephen, because Stephen Stephen knows a lot more about this. But my final question, I want to I want to sort of change the subject a little bit, Matt. Uh, y'all have, y'all implemented the uh, digital dash for the uh, Cup Series. Is there anything down the road to uh, y'all talking about maybe putting the digital dash in Xfinity Series and maybe the trucks? Uh, as, as of right now, I mean, personally, I don't know of any plans, but we're always looking at ways to, to implement the, you know, improve new technologies in our, in our, in our race vehicles. But, uh, as of right now, I mean, I think, you know, it's definitely in the monster energy NASCAR cup series level and, uh, you know, wait and see to be determined to where you're, where you're going to see those next. There you go, Matt. Waiting to wait to be continuing, just like y'all heard it from Matt Humphrey. Matt, uh, thank you very much for taking time to come on and uh, tell your wife and your kids, everybody, we said hello from Talladega, from Suzanne and I. And I'm going to throw you over to the expert there, Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. Oh. I look forward to seeing you soon. Good deal. Take care, my friend. All right, bud. See you. Yep. Matt, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series are coming down to the last a little bit here, and both of these series are really just down to the wire here. Both of them just three spots left before the playoffs that really getting a chance to be locked in. Uh, did you think at this point in the season that we would have uh, just these three three spots available in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at NASCAR Camping World Truck Series? No, you know, quite personally, it's, you know, I, I think that it's been, you know, am I surprised? Yes. Am I completely surprised? No, because you look at what, you know, you look at how competitive the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is and with the way the business structure is modeled with, with, with the 36 charter teams within the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, that's helped raise the level of competition. So you're seeing, you're seeing more drivers with more chances to win on, on any given week. And and it's and it's it's been it's been great to see some some, some new blood get into the into that into that winner's rank. Look at you know look, look at Ricky Stenhouse Jr. winning two races 
this year, Austinville, and uh, those those drive, drivers have come in and uh, have you know really you know really shaken things up and really taken away some spots that you would have thought would have been locked for guys like Joey Logano or Matt Kenseth, uh, you know you know guys like Clint Boyer in, in the 14. But those spots, it is hard to win in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, and now. With, with only five races left in the regular season and three spots up for grabs and a race this weekend at Watkins Glen where anybody can win as well. <laughs> Guess what, folks? There's gonna be, I think there are going to be some good drivers who will not make the playoffs, which makes it even more exciting. It's going to make these final five weeks of the regular season that much more exciting to watch. And I just want to I just want to expand a little bit on what Tim was talking about here, you know, with NASCAR just cutting down you know, the eligible drivers when they go into 2018, when they go into the lower series and NASCAR Xfinity series and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Kyle Busch, when he was talking about some of this, he said that in, in some of these events, he was him and his team was asking upwards of $200,000 per race. And I know that there's been some talk out there for spec engines and, you know, all kinds of things to cut, cut the, uh, you know, cost down in, in, into this series to a more reasonable level. When you guys look at some of these, when you look at some of these ideas like this, you know, especially in that aspect, do you think that by cutting some of these drivers out of this and limiting their ability to come down into these these races that it it allows them and these teams to cut down on their marketing budget just a little bit, especially in the aspect of like, you know, where he was talking about that some of these races they have to ask for $200,000 in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, and especially in the aspect of, like the engine packages, you know, which are one of the biggest expenses where the the series themselves. And what is the biggest hurdle there with, uh, you know, engine manufacturers at the same time? Well, I mean, if you look at, you know, kind of a multifaceted question, and I think it's there's not one magic answer, one easy answer on that. But, I mean, NASCAR is always looking, you know, as an industry at ways uh, in which, you know, you know, to keep the sport as healthy as possible, to, to, to find cost-effective solutions for our race teams, you know, to keep to keep, keep them on track in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And I think we're going to see some things things to come, you know, in the days and weeks ahead that, 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 will, that will lead to that kind of things. And, and, you know, as far as, you know, as far as, you know, you know, impacting marketing budgets and such, I mean, I mean, I'm not a team owner. I, I can't really speak to that. But what I what I do know is that the the new participation guidelines are going to provide more opportunities for younger drivers to get to get to get seat time and to prove themselves that they're they're able to to you know to you know win races on the uh, on on NASCAR's top national levels. And I, I think it's going to be a good thing at the end. I think you're seeing a balance. Between having the having the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series stars participate in these series, while providing more opportunities, so that the, the opportunity is still there for these younger drivers to compete against the uh, the likes of, of Kyle Busch, but you know just not as, on as many on as many races. So it's it's ultimately it's a balancing act, and we're always looking to to work with the industry and work with teams to find the right balance. And my final question for you is is that this year you guys are doing something really, really unique is that you're going to come to Richmond here in just a matter of just, you know, five weeks or so, something like that. 
and you're going to crown a regular season champion out there. So that's going to change the dynamic. But you're also you've got these you've got the stage points out there. You've got the playoff points that are going to carry over into some of these some of these teams out here that are really really going to need this when they get into the playoffs just the week after. The dynamic that has changed in the 2017 race race season out here. How much of that has NASCAR really? gone out here and is going to continue to market into 2018 or maybe even tweak into 2018, especially with a little bit of the schedule changing out there? Well, I think what you, I mean, if you look at the schedule change to start with, I think the schedule change for, for 2018 will help build on the progress that's been made in 2017. I mean, I think, I think we can all agree that the stage racing and the stage points have added just those extra moments, not only within the race, but within the season, that make the championship ultimately more interesting. And, and, and really, look, going into Richmond, I mean, you're, you're not going to have drivers that are just cruising around and, and okay, I'm already locked into the playoffs. I, I, you know, I, I can just cruise around and, 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 and not worry about things. Drivers are going to be up on the wheel to try to maximize their points, to maximize their stage points. Uh, and, and, and go for those last remaining playoff playoff bonus points that they can carry over with them into the playoffs. Because, you know, look at what Martin Truex and, and Kyle you know, Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch have done with with their stage wins this year. They're going to be able to carry those points over, those stage points, those those bonus points for winning those stages into the postseason. And those points will stay with them as long as they're in the playoffs, which will ultimately help them. So, you're going to see a lot more guys up on the wheel during these final five regular season races. And I tell you what, Richmond is just going to be dynamic. The racing there is always dynamic, but to have all the playoff implications and, and, the, and the playoff seating implications that will be on the line, you're going to see a more, uh, I think you're going to see a more intense race than we, we normally see there at Richmond. Matt, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight, talk a little bit about NASCAR, uh, NASCAR racing, which you guys at NASCAR are working on throughout the, the rest of the season. Uh, I will see you at Darlington and Richmond coming up here in the next couple of weeks, but before we let you go out of here, I know that you are very active on social media, so let everybody know how they can follow you on social media, and I appreciate the time that you took to come on here tonight to talk to us. Absolutely. I, you can always follow me at, at Matt Humphrey Carbon. I also encourage you to follow uh, at NASCAR for all the latest NASCAR news and, and, and developments fun and games that uh, that our sport uh, provides. So uh, thanks again. I'd like to thank you for keeping our fans informed. And, and, and Tim, you, you folks do a tremendous job week in and week out. And I look forward to seeing you at the track Too Tough to Tame here in a couple of weeks. Thank you, sir. Take care. Take care now. Matt Humphrey there, Stephen. He, he, he always does a great job. A great friend of you and I and Suzanne and, and Marie. And he just he loves coming on the show and talking NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, he does. He, uh, yeah, he does. He, he, he does a lot for the sport. He, he always keeps everybody informed and is really on top of everything. Comes on here anytime we ask him to come on here, and a really, really good friend to all of us. Yeah, Stephen, I know we, uh, I hadn't really got everything loaded like we normally do, but uh, I hadn't got any of the truck stuff. You, uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, Ryan Ryan Priest winning there at Iowa where we had that standalone race where there was no cup drivers? You want to talk a little bit about that and we'll listen to what he had to say in the media center there if you want to do that? 
Yes, yeah, so, you know, Brian Priest, is, he he went out there, and the first thing he really did is that he showed the field up and won the pole out there uh, between him and Justin Allgaier and, uh, you know, uh, Elliot Sadler. You know, th- those guys seem to be the ones that, you know, were out in front most of the day for the most part, but it just really just came down to Ryan Priest at the end of the day. He he was the guy that was out front, and he was a guy that it, it, it was just hard to beat him no matter what you did at Iowa. Uh, at the end of the day, as we all know, um, he uh, he won. He took it home. He won his first NASCAR Xfinity Series event out there at Iowa in the standalone event. Uh, he's got a couple more races coming up um, in uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing um, here in the next over the next couple of weeks or so. So uh, I think between what he did there at um, excuse me New Hampshire, uh, getting a top five finish out there, winning out there at Iowa, I think there's a lot of good things to come for him for sure. I do, I do, I do too, Stephen. And you know, you brought up he won, but not only did he win, Stephen, he dominated. He was, Ryan Priest was a class of the field, but let's listen to a little bit about what he had to say after winning that extended race out there at Iowa Speedway this past weekend. All right, we are going to wrap up our post-race media availabilities for today's U.S. Cellular 250, presented by American Ethanol here at Iowa Speedway. We are joined by our race-winning team, the number 20 Mohawk Northeast Incorporated Toyota with Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, first off, we will start with the driver, Ryan Priest. Ryan, uh, your second start, you're averaging like a finish of 1.5 here in two yeah. starts at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, why don't you take us through that final restart and the win? Well, I got to say my buddy Chris right here is a heck of a coach and a heck of a crew chief. He he um <clears throat> he knows what he's doing, and, and Steve with Joe Gibbs Racing, they bring uh, top-notch race cars. So really I got to thank them for the opportunity and believing in me to uh, to get the job done here and and uh, my teammates also, uh, everybody worked together all weekend. We all worked hard and, and uh, shared notes, and that's what I felt like kept all our cars strong all weekend. And um, that last restart, you know, it was it was getting difficult. Um, tire spin was becoming a big thing, and just trying to get that right front to fire there going through one and two. But I knew, um, so I raced short tracks, obviously, Thompson Speedway, High Lines, Fast Line. As long as you're a half a door with in front of him getting into one, you should be able to carry that momentum. So that's just kind of the same thing I was trying to carry and just keep using that momentum to carry the top. And I knew in two laps it was going to be really difficult for him to get me. And you referenced your uh, crew chief over here, Chris Gabehart. Just two two races on the box with Ryan. Talk us through that and, and the win today. Uh, well, I take uh, special pride in kids like him because uh, I used to drive and, and I used to be him. I just didn't make it as far. So... Uh, I, I think these guys will tell you, Steve and, and all the people at Joe Gibbs Racing, which I'm very thankful to get to work with, um, I take it more serious. I can't possibly take it any more serious, but I take it um, to the next level when you get a guy like Ryan Priest and Kyle Benjamin because these kids are trying to make it. And they only get a couple shots, and it's not easy to get them here to this stage. So um, my race team, I'm so thankful for, particularly on the 20, because uh, we're we're not going to be the weak link for these kids. We take it really serious, and uh, it's great to see it work out. And we also have Steve D'Souza, Executive Vice President of Xfinity and Development for Joe Gibbs Racing. Why don't you talk to us about what it means to get this win here in these two races with Ryan? Well, I, I think it's unbelievable, and when you think about uh, the pressure that these young drivers have on them when they only do get a few times, and even for the race team to try and give them the best tools we can, 
Uh, and as Ryan had said, I, I think even going back a few weeks, the drivers all in coming into the shop to sit down, go through the drivers meeting and talk to each other and get terms understood and talk about what they felt or what they heard from a driver in the previous race, uh, going through all that and then the crew chiefs uh, together putting together a package that's just unbelievable for us this weekend. And we're so proud of the drivers and really for me, I think all of our group at the Xfinity side, the development side, you know, ARCA side, uh, and of course all that starts with Joe and uh, the Gibbs family. We get a lot of help from the Cup guys and passing down a lot of information and really having an interest. And as Joe says all the time, this is really important to us. Um, and, and I think it's just opportunity in days like this when we're really rewarded and we're so proud of the guys that get to be part of it. All right, we'll open up to questions for our winning team. We'll start up front and then we'll go to Kenny. Jeremiah Davis, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Ryan, the reality of modern NASCAR is you've got to have funding to get an opportunity in many cases. So how risky is it to uh, take your or seek to take your funding to a different place that doesn't give you as many opportunities in a single year as you might have had last year to this year? Well, that's a good question. And to be honest with you, <clears throat> I believed in myself enough to do it. it. It is very risky. I had multiple people within the business tell me that. You know, they thought it was a little more risky than they would do. But I also am very in touch when it comes to race cars and knowing speed and, and knowing what Toyota gives, Joe Gibbs Racing, what Joe Gibbs Racing does with their speed. And obviously what Chris Gavehart does with his cars, he's very in tuned and so is his team. And one thing, hanging out with those guys last night, you know, before I went over to bed, uh, it's a family. That is, that is one heck of a team that's in sync. And uh, you don't really find that very much. But... Um, <clears throat> I just felt that there was three ways or two ways of trying to make it, and that was last year trying to get in, you know, equipment that ran, you know, 25th to 20th and try to outrun it, and nothing really came of it, nor, you know, we had our moments of shining, but it, it never really got anybody talking, and, um, you know, at the end of the year, Ryan Newman and I kind of talked, and a lot of people, uh, I just didn't, I wasn't happy. I'm not I'm not a racer to just be out there. I'm a racer to try and be right here, to get those trophies and, and be accomplished and be remembered in this sport. So um, it's not easy to walk away from something. And uh, I can tell you that there was a lot of people that were kind of a little upset with me, but I knew what I felt like I had to do to, to get attention, to make noise, and, and I felt like these two races were the shot. And um, I'll tell you what, I'll never forget. I was sitting, in my, I was working in my shop, and Bono, Kevin Bono-Mannion, called me and, or texted me and said, hey, call Steve D'Souza. You know, there was some things going on, and Daniel was going to move up. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to call him. Well, I called him, left a voicemail, and he could have listened to that voicemail and said, ah, you know what, he probably doesn't, you know, have money or something like that. Well, he didn't. He called me, and uh, he told me what we needed to do to, to really make it happen. And, and I worked hard on my end to, to do everything I needed to do to get in the car and s secure sponsorship. And... You know, I'm very fortunate to have people that are willing to help me. Local companies, not huge multi-million dollar companies that could throw six million dollars at a car, but people that were willing to spend a lot of money uh, for me to, to be in this race car. So I'm just really fortunate and uh, very happy to be sitting right here and, and felt like I gave it everything I could and there's nothing I'm going to do when I get home that I can hang my head on. Stephen Youngman kept saying it. He appreciates everything that has come to him. And like Matt Humphrey said earlier when we had Matt home, Matt, uh, Matt uh, made the statement, Ryan Priest started in his dad's body shop, sweeping floors. He worked his way up. 
He worked all the way through. He actually worked and got to where he's at, but which I know every driver needs some help. And Joe Gibbs Racing helped that young man. I just hope there's somewhere for him to go in, in the near future. Yeah, and, you know, hopefully here in the next couple of weeks or months or so that that'll be, you know, there'll be some kind of conversations in that aspect because he really needs to have an opportunity in that regard. Uh, they, he, he, like I was just explaining and just, you know, he went to New Hampshire and what he did there, what he did at, um, you know, Iowa. I think he has a very, very bright future. He wins everywhere that he goes in the modified series. And I think is he has an opportunity to continue his career, you know, so long as he, um, uh, so long as he, you know, he, um, you know, it finds a place out there like Joe goes racing, and hopefully they'll give him that chance. Yeah, exactly, statement. And Steve, let's move on over to the on over to the Cup side. But before we get to, I mean, you know, Kyle Kyle Bush won, and he it was it's, he was going to win sooner or later. There was just there was no doubt in that Kyle Bush was going to win. Now we have thirteen different winners. Uh, do you think? I don't know if I asked you this question like. Do you think we can still possibly have 16 different winners to where we're going to get into that situation where they're going to have to go by uh, points, by playoff points and wins and all that? Well, you know, I asked, you know, Matt, the same thing. And, you know, we got, we've got got about five weeks left of this, you know, racing left that before we cut this thing off. And there's only three spots. Um, so there's five races left here in the regular season. So we've got Watkins Glen um, coming up this week. And uh, Bristol, you know, and some other races that are, sorry, Watkins Glen, um, Michigan, Bristol, um, <clears throat> Darlington, and Richmond coming up here over the next couple of weeks. I think there's a lot of opportunity really in there to potentially get at least one or two more of those closed up. And it's really why. Uh, these are going to be really important to get as many points as you can get over the next couple of weeks because there really isn't going to be a whole lot left after Richmond or even getting to Richmond. Uh, this thing may even be tapped out by the time, you know, we leave Darlington and Richmond may just be a wash. Um, and it's going to come down to a fact of wins and points and playoff points and all kinds of calculations because I'm not good at math. I'll just tell you that right now. If it comes down to the math, I'm going to leave that to the experts. You got that right. We'll leave that up to Mike Ford there at NASCAR. We'll leave it up to Mike. That's so, right. Yes, it, could, it could come down to one of them. Y'all just sit back and let's, let's see what this whodunit happened, you know, because you're going to sit back, you're going to count the wins, you're going to count the points. I mean, it could be it could be a really heyday deal there. But, uh, Stephen, uh, uh, do you have everything brought up on Kyle Bush? You want to talk about Kyle Bush winning? He got his first win, and then we'll listen to what he had to say in the media center. Yeah, you know Kyle Bush. You know they did they they went out there, and this is the first time that they did this this season. We talked about this last week. Is that this this past week at Pocono they did qualifying right before the NASCAR NASCAR uh, NASCAR Monster Energy <laughs> Cup Series race out there. Uh, Kyle Bush. Uh, uh, just very, very fast in that to begin with. He was able to go out there and uh, pretty much put that car wherever he wanted to put it at. There were some pitch strategies along with uh, throughout the day. Um, he did fall back, 
in certain parts of the races, but I mean, he he did all right for the most part. Um, so, you know, he uh, he was the guy to beat out there all day long. Uh, Martin Truex tried to challenge him for a little bit. Unfortunately, he he just never had anything for him. A couple other drivers throughout the day, they never had really much for him. Um, some others tried to play some pitch strategy, try and get around him, but it just at the end of the day. Kyle Busch was the fastest driver in there at the Overton 400 and took home. Uh, it got into victory lane. I mean, this is the first time he's won in nearly uh, 30-some races, and uh, it's been a long stretch for him, which is really, really unusual for them, and especially for Joe Gates Racing, that um, it's really just been, you know, now he's got a win on the board. Denny Hamlin's got a win on the board. Um, you know, Danny Suarez doesn't have a win yet, Matt Kenseth. Um, you know, it, it, so it's, you know, it's really coming down to uh, just, you know, those two over there. And we've just not seen that out of Joe Gibbs racing over, you know, the last couple of seasons. It's really unusual just to uh, see those two guys with only two wins out of Joe Gibbs racing all year long. And especially this late in the summer where they've been dominant uh, over the last couple of years. But, you know, Kyle Busch at the end of the day, like I said, uh, he took the win home. And that's his first win all year long and stretching all the way back uh, nearly to the mid part of 2016. Yeah, you're exactly right, Stephen. And as of right now, like we said, uh, if we don't get into, into all that Mike Ford calculating stuff, that locks him into the playoffs for the uh, 2017 championship, Stephen. Uh, this is a little bit of long. This is a very long interview. I'm not going to play it all, but let's, let's listen to what Cal Bush had to say there in the media center at uh, Pocono Raceway. And then we'll be right back. We're going to go ahead and begin our winner's press conference for the 44th annual Overton's 400 in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. And we have the crew chief of the number 18 M&M's Caramel Toyota, and that is Adam Stevens. Adam, that Camry unloaded seemed pretty quick yesterday. You won a Coors Light Pole Award today, and then you had a driver bring it home to victory. Line. How satisfying of a day is that for you, my friend? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the kind of weekend we all hope for. Um, it's rare to get one. Um, it just goes to show you the kind of stuff that's coming out of Joe Gibbs Racing and everybody working so hard with their heads down. Uh, just so many dedicated employees there. And uh, we've just had fast cars for so long and just nothing to show for it. So uh, it's nice to finally put a weekend together and have a little bit of luck go your way, which we certainly did today, and uh, bring it home. Outstanding. We also have our race-winning owner, Coach Joe Gibbs of the number 18 M&M's Caramel Toyota. Coach, the 100th win in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series for Toyota. How special was it for you to be able to bring that home today? Well, certainly they're, they're, the, our partnership with them is just for us. There's so many parts to it, but the most important thing is over a period of time, you go through some tough times, you go through good times, but the thing about Toyota, they're right there at your back. And uh, we've worked through some tough issues in the past, but I think we've come out stronger because of that over a period of time. We have a great relationship, and uh, they want to win in every way. Uh, today, I just personally thanked uh, Adam. It was a huge deal for us. And I said the same thing to Kyle. Uh, to see them fight over such a long period of time, and I, I, I hadn't experienced something where you had that many kind of quirky things happen to real fast cars and uh, you could get discouraged with that but this team just kept fighting and 
I want to say a big thanks to everybody back at the shop, just like uh, Adam was saying. we got so many people back there that work so hard that don't get to experience the winter circle. Say a big uh, thanks to them and J.D. and everybody back there that supports us with prayer. And so it's a big day for us, and the uh, Lord's blessed us with a great group of people, and it's sure fun. Okay. Let's open the floor up for questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start with Bob, and then we'll go to Kyle, then to Donna. About Packers ESPN, Adam, were you glad that there was no late caution to make you have to make a decision? And I'm curious, going back to June, what were you thinking when you watched that race and watching Ben have to make that decision that ended up not working out? Yeah, you know, we uh, we talked a lot about strategy going into the June race, and uh, we felt like that was going to be the right, right call. Um, we probably underestimated the tire fall off and uh, the, the two car being the wild card of being on pit road when that caution came out. Um, it definitely probably forced more people to pit than normally would have because they were going to restart behind him with tires anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I take 100% of the blame for that, and that was uh, – uh, situation that he was prepped for and a call that uh, that I made and uh, it didn't work out and uh, with the benefit of hindsight I'd obviously do that over again but uh, I was thankful there wasn't a late race caution today but um, we had such a tire advantage on them and we knew they would come anyway um, so if we had to lead it we were in a good spot either way but uh, late race cautions are never fun they always set up an opportunity for somebody to do something completely different and, and beat the dominant car and uh, been been a part of those on both sides so uh, I just rather the dominant car win in my mind. Go to Kyle then to Dominic. Kyle Knight of the time leader this one's for Adam uh, kind of uh, follow up to Bob's question did you find some redemption in that today uh, with the pit call and then it actually working in your favor and what were some of the adjustments you made throughout the race I know Kyle uh, I think you fell back on the one, uh, the, the couple runs. I think it was third or fourth. Uh, what were some of those adjustments you made? Um, the first question there, I, I don't really know. Um, you know, whenever you're forced into to a position to make a decision, which happens three or four times a race, uh, you make the best call you can with all the information available, and uh, you don't get the benefit of deciding if that was a good call or not until you come off pit road and see what everybody else did. So um, I don't really beat myself up too much over those unless it's a egregiously wrong which which happens sometimes but uh, you know today our car was fast um, and super fast in clean air and when we lost that track position uh, when those guys uh, stayed out and had to restart fourth and, and uh, got into one just probably a little bit too hot and slipped our rear tires and, and it, it really threw the balance off for the rest of that run um, so it, we didn't make a lot of adjustments we didn't we didn't compensate for that at all um, it was just a, a deal where uh, uh, we, he got himself in a, a little bit of a bad spot, and uh, maybe that set of tires wasn't uh, lined up great with the other ones. Um, it looked like it was on paper, but uh, once we got those off there, it was back to normal. We're going to go to Dominic, then up to the press box. Dominic Otagona with the RacingExperts.com for Coach Gibbs. Now that you guys and your organization has won two of the last three races, is there more pressure or less pressure to keep performing? Well, I think it. You know, with multiple cars, obviously right now our focus will be the 20 and the 19. Um, uh, not that we're not going to go for it each and every week with uh, with the 18 and and the 11, but I think our focus now we'd like to get Matt in, and um, it'd be a long shot, obviously with Daniel, but he's had three straight top tens right now, and who knows? 
something could work out for him also. So our focus is just our entire organization, everybody doing the best they can to put the best cars we can out there each week and take our shot. Okay, we're going to go next to Dustin, then to Zach. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, Adam, uh, you guys scored nearly as many playoff points today as you had all season. Even with the speed that you've shown, how much of a concern was it with, with, with how, many, how few playoff points you had coming in today and the gap that was building with, with some of the other cars? That's a great question. Uh, it was a huge concern. I didn't really have any fears that we wouldn't make the chase with our points position. Um, <clears throat> so it was all about the playoff points. And, you know, you only get them one at a time when you win a stage, and we've won the second most stages, but uh, 78th won a bunch. So those add up, but they add up slowly. And then you got guys that have busted off a couple wins, and, you know, you get in these short three-race segments, those playoff points are going to be colossal. Um, so the sooner we can start racking them up, the better. And there's no better way to do that than to get to victory lane. Stephen, I was our guest. We had earlier Mr. Matt Humphreys handling everything there in the media center at uh, Pocono uh, with Kyle Bush getting his first win. To, we hope, you know, he's hoping it's going to lock him in. But, Stephen, I'm, uh, I was sitting there looking at the, lint, at the entry list uh, for the um, – I love 355 at the Glen this weekend. We only have 30, 36 cars entered, Stephen, and I don't see any road any road course ringers entered. Well, yeah, I do. I see I see Boris said now, but uh, he's he's the only one that I that I really see because Boris, you know, he tries to run all the road courses. Yeah, um, this would be the smallest field since um, September 29, Ooh. 1996, at North Wilkes Speedway, when 37 cars entered. Um, and fielded there at the final race, um, and Jeff Gordon won that race. So, um, I mean, we had 37 cars earlier this season at Michigan, but um, it will actually surpass the smallest entered car, I mean, the smallest field since 1996, which was uh, there at Northwest Way at the Tyson Holly Farms 400. Um, the last time we actually had a smaller field um, of 36, 37 or less cars was actually um, earlier on in that season. So um, it's uh, it's uh, you know we're we're uh, you know NASCAR has um, redefined what they consider a field a full field, and that's 36 cars, which are 36 charters with four open spots, provided that you know four additional cars do show up. So 40 cars would make a field, but they consider a full, full field these days, 36 cars because of 36 cars. So, yeah, um, we do have a little bit of, a, you know, a small field this week with 37 cars. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I don't think it really matters anymore that, you know, if we don't have, you know, a half a dozen road ringers because of the way that, the you know, the charters and the, uh, you know, the charters and the playoff points and the way that those things work now, um, teams really can't afford to put, you know, road ringers and such in the cars anymore. Yeah, exactly. And just, I guess, since I brought up the uh, the cup entry list, I'm looking at the Xfinity entry list now also, and there's 42 cars entered there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, P.J. Jones is entered. Uh, Going to be driving for Lynn Cockrum there in the number 25 car advanced communications group car 
uh, scrolling on down through here. Uh, the 78 car, B.J. McLeod, is uh, to, to be announced a driver there. And on down is a Brian Henderson in the number 90 car for Michelle Goslin. He'll be there for BDL Motorsports. So we got a 42-car field there. So, I mean, you know, it's it's sad to say, you know, that we didn't have a full a full deal there with the cup stuff. And I did not know that uh, until you talked about that Wilkesboro there. I did not know that. So it's – and, you know, it's – I don't know if it's the economy or whatever it is, but at least the Xfinity series is going to be sending a couple of cars home. So they do have a bigger field, but, uh, Steven, let's, uh, before we get out of here, uh, I know you probably got everything lined up, let everybody know the TV times, radio times. And I want to tell you, uh, our listeners, everybody, it's been a hell of a ride for next month to be four years. I'm going to miss it, but I got to get my health better. Maybe I'll be back. But, Stephen, I won't be a stranger, but it's been a hell of a damn ride, bud. I enjoyed it. Until AM and the boys, we said hello, but let everybody know the uh, schedule for this past weekend, because I apologize. I don't have it up. That's all right. Um, NASCAR uh, Xfinity Series, this is this is on Saturday, NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying at 11.05 from Watkins Glen International Raceway to be maybe followed uh, just a little while later at 2 p.m. Uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series um, out there with the uh, Zippo 200. Uh, that will be 82 laps, 200.9 miles out there. And then on uh, Sunday, we're going to do this whole qualifying and we're going to race all at the same time on Sunday, like we've uh, done uh, in the past, uh, like this past week at Pocono. 12:05 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying out there, uh, three o'clock. The I Love New York, 355, uh, 90 laps, 220.5 miles, or 355 kilometers for anybody out there that's on the metric system and uh, wishes to know why it's called the 355. So uh, that's your your call for the – oh, MRN has your car. Call MSN – MSNBC, good Lord. NBCSN has your television for both of the races, um, 3 o'clock. Like I said, on Sunday, two o'clock on Saturday. And Stephen, I want to thank one more person. I want to thank my darling wife for answering the phones for the show for the past four years. She's done a great job. I want to thank her. Stephen, let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media and your website, my friend. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. Tim, I wish to thank I wish to thank you for everything. Um the best to you, and best to Suzanne. Um, as I said, you guys don't be a stranger. We will announce uh in the coming weeks what we will do with the Tuesday night slot and uh that's all I have. I appreciate it. Thank you. Steve, and, you're welcome yeah, very much. Luck. Thank you very much. And like I said, I'm, you know, who knows? I might be back. I might not, but I got to get my health going. Uh, for Stephen Wilson, I'm Timmy Spain with the Pit Stop Radio signing off for my final time from Talladega, Alabama. Enjoyed it, everybody. Thank you all very much for all the memories. And we'll talk this year. See you at a track. Stephen and I from Talladega, we'll see you. Was the summer before the
real world started and the deal was we would get to go if we cleaned it up and got it running. That is old Winnebago and winging a prayer down a 65 by best friend on football ties. I can still see Billy smiling when we finally made it. The Talladega boys raised us, whiskey and gold glass. Now here's the turning up, a slowing down, and cars that go real fast. We were laughing and living, drinking and wishing, and thinking that that checkered flag was waving. Sure would like to stay Talladega. Like a stone, time rolls on. You can't hit pause, asking just to be. Most days in life don't stand out, but life's about those days that we don't like. A rockin' Randall, a getting rowdy, shooting Roman candles at the man in the moon. Till the Alabama sun was breaking. Dale Hart Jr. 
I love that Darlington Raceway's Throwback Weekend gives us an opportunity to honor our sport's history. The celebration at the track, Too Tough to Tame, connects NASCAR's past, present, and future. Here is Harry Gant about to win. The Southern 500, Martin Truex Jr. is doing that tonight at Darlington. Join me in celebrating Darlington Raceway's Throwback Weekend on September 2nd and 3rd. Purchase your tickets now by calling 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com. 